Welcome to 101. I'm Greg Bassett, your host from the Salisbury Independent Newspaper. It's a big day here at PAC 14. It's election time in Salisbury, and we have a candidate for mayor, Megan Alton. Welcome, Megan. Thanks for having me, Greg. You're on the city council, and you're running for mayor. Yes, I am. Really exciting time. We have about 23 days left. Who can believe it? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it is. Now, I know you from the news, but for people who might not know Megan Alton, tell us about Megan Alton. Sure thing. So, Born and raised in Salisbury, I've, I've had the pleasure of calling Salisbury home my entire life. Uh, graduated from Parkside High School, went to Salisbury University, didn't stray too far from the shore. Uh, graduated from there where I uh, got a degree in uh, communications and political science. And, uh, and for the last year, I've been serving on the Salisbury City Council. And you work in the wind industry? I do, I do. So for the last six years, I was working on the Skipjack Wind Project as their uh, director of stakeholder engagement for Maryland and Delaware markets. So that's just a fancy term for doing a lot of the community and government relations for these projects. With these, uh, you know, this technology being so new for the shore, there was a lot of unknowns, and my job was just to get in there, connect with our elected officials, connect with the community, and help walk them through these projects and help them understand, you know, what are the benefits, the pros, the cons. Uh, really, just you know, and that's ultimately my segue into local politics is connecting with my delegates on a more regular basis. Uh, I got to sit in a lot of more county council meetings. I started hearing a lot more about the issues, and infrastructure was a big one that got brought up often. And I was listening more, and I said, oh, wow, I think. I think I need to get a little bit more involved. Now, we got to know you. Your profile got raised when you ran for county council. Yes. Um, and then after that, you kind of spun that out into an appointment for city council. Yes. So last cycle, you're right. I did decide to throw my hat in for Wicomico County Council at large, and it was an amazing experience. Uh, I did lose that race, but I've been telling everyone in the process of losing that race, I really won the people. I, I think the, the level of dedication that I put into that race, I mean, everyone admitted, I mean, John Cannon made a joke. He's like, Megan, you really know how to do a boots on the ground campaign. <laughs> um, I really impressed a lot of people with my ability to just be engaged. I said I was going to be engaged. I was in every single district. And that level of work and compassion that, that I had for that race really earned me a lot of the support that you're seeing for my race today for mayor. So I'm sure you've seen, but I've been endorsed by Councilman Shaney Shields, Councilman Josh Hastings, Bonnie Ennis, and David Plotz from the Board of Education. Uh, those endorsements mean a lot to me because they represent their own communities in the process. And so that means a lot to have them behind me in this race. And then when Jack Heath moved up to be acting mayor, uh, you took his spot yes, on the city council. I did. I did. I threw my hat in for city. It felt like a, a one door closed, another opened. And this was an opportunity for me to take a lot of the uh, work that I was hoping to see happen at the county and work with a phenomenal team that we had there at the city. Like I said, I've called Salisbury my home my entire life. Uh, so this seemed like a great opportunity for me to carry some of those things that I was hoping to champion at ca the county at the city level. Now, as someone who's paid to watch the city council meetings, <laughs> you're paid to go to them. I'm actually paid to watch them. Uh, but it's amazing how you have changed the tone on that council. You've come in with a le level of expertise that I see, um, and you've really engaged the citizens. And for some reason, there, this is a time where a lot of people are coming forward at the meetings and really venting on some issues, and you seem to be engaging them. Yeah, I think that's the first thing I saw when I joined the city council was just a disengaged community. Um, I think that's happening across the nation is at the local level, you know, local residents just aren't bringing bought back into the folds, and I want to do that. So I've kind of taken upon myself to be very proactive and engaged and finding ways to engage with residents outside of our city council meetings. So um, I've been doing this since I got on the city council, you know, going out to the communities themselves instead of waiting for them to come to city council meetings. And not everyone has that luxury to take off on a Monday evening, you know, with kids, family, job. Um, so going to them, hearing their concerns, but also still encouraging if you have the time, come out because that feedback guides us. Right. And one of the things that's been bothering me, people are coming in, they're complaining about projects. Once the, once the ground gets broken, 
then they want to know what, what the world's going on. And we've reported all that in the paper. And then, like, most recently with the uh, Unity Square, people were like, what's going on? And then once they Googled it, they realized there had been coverage. But people didn't seem to understand what was happening. Yeah, I think that was just a something with the, the process of, you know, COVID. I think we got really disconnected. Yeah. This was a project that had been approved back in 2016. Yeah. So that's a long time, 2016 to 2013, 2023. And while there was some great coverage on it, I think there's just so much noise out in, you know, in the media now. It's hard to keep track of what's going on at the national level, the state level, and then much less the local. Um, so as elected officials, we have to take it upon ourselves to be that conduit of information. So um, that's kind of what I'm hoping to help out with is, you know, our residents are so busy as it is. Let's take that next step. Let's raise the bar for that engagement because I think we've done a great job of being engaged, just raise that bar and be a little bit more proactive when we have these projects to get the information out there so no one is confused or startled when construction starts. We want everyone to be excited about these projects because ultimately, I mean, I think this is a great progress for the city. So obviously your political career is moving fast, um, but why do you want to be mayor at this time? So yeah, I mean, you're right. I was running in city uh, district three uh, and I was going to be perfectly content continuing to represent the great people of district three. I was having a phenomenal time, but uh, as I was sitting back and watching the mayor's race unfold, I looked around and I was looking for a candidate that I feel like was really going to represent the people at large. To be quite frank, I, I hadn't seen that. Um, so I decided to throw my hat in because, you know, I know with my track record, I'm an I'm engaged leader. I'm engaged in every single district. Far before I decided to run for mayor, I was engaged in every district. So um, I decided to throw my hat in because we need a representative that's going to be a representative for every resident, not just one district or one pocket. Um, and but also someone who comes with the experience and energy and I know that I have that sitting on the city council You see I'm a very fast learner um, That experience is going to be crucial for the mayor's office So um, if you get elected, what are the first things on your to-do list that you want to try to get done? Well, first things first, we're going to keep Salisbury moving forward That's the first thing but in all reality, we're going to be in the middle of our capital improvement planning so I want to get knee-deep in that, understanding where we are with our administration, what projects have we identified. That's something that the City Council doesn't get to have an eyesight on prior to when it's presented to us in the spring. Um, I want to know what our administration has identified as priorities for the city, really get a good understanding of their direction, and see you know where I stand on those projects. Um, I know we in the past we have a number of uh, infrastructure projects coming up, making sure that those are prioritized, making sure our services are prioritized properly. Um, I think that's something that all the candidates have said more or less on your show here today is um, we need to make sure that we are being very uh, conscious with our development. Be very, very conscious. You know, Waverly was a project that was touted often as an example. The bike lanes have been phenomenal with the FR community, I think, but make sure that they're implemented in a way that really reflects the needs of the community, and that's going to be my first step. Um, and then second, it's going to be reintroducing those mayoral roundtables. Uh, I think that, to me, is a phenomenal way to reinvite the community back into the folds of local government. I've been a big advocate since I announced to bring those back. They were something that the previous mayors used to do, uh, and I'd love to see that implemented. It's such a simple way to get the community re-engaged again. And I think those types of steps are how we get the community more involved, and we ultimately raise that voter turnout because you've heard it uh, yourself. You know, last cycle we only had 15% of the population come out and vote. Um, and I think that is showcasing just how uninvolved the residents at large feel. You know, um, certainly a dynamic progressive mayor and Jake Day, I just think that would be a hard act to follow. but. You know, I'm kind of concerned that we're going to go back to being the old Salisbury and, and kind of status quo and not be the progressive city that others want to turn to. 
what what mission, what map do you want to follow for that? Like I said, I want keep, I want Salisbury to keep moving forward. Um, I was born and raised in Salisbury. I remember a time when people were mass exodusing Salisbury. I mean, it was. I remember a time where. Uh, People would look at you and go, you're sticking around in Salisbury, you know, you need to get out of here. Or you're going to Salisbury University. Uh, there was not a lot of community pride. And in the last 10 years, we've really been able to flip the switch, the script on that. You know, um, Salisbury is a place where a lot of people are now deliberately moving here to raise their families. People are proud to say they go to Salisbury University, UMES. Um, the amount of community pride that we have instilled in this city is phenomenal. And I don't want to lose that. And I think we're really at risk of seeing that go away. Yeah, we know we talk about the brain drain all the time. People come here, get educated, yeah. then they leave. You're certainly, uh, you know, a dynamic local person. You could live anywhere in the country and succeed, but you've chosen to stay here. Yeah, I have actually pointed out in the past that if it wasn't for the previous administration, I don't think I would have had a chance or an opportunity to stick around. I did not see a lot of growth in this area, and it wasn't an area that I was really worried my, what my future would look like here. But I thankfully came in at a right time where I was, uh, I was in college when Jake first stepped into office. And um, I saw the great work they were doing. And like I meant, I've mentioned, they've done phenomenal work. I just want to raise that bar because I know that there are a lot of concerns out in the community. Um, and we can raise that bar to make the community feel a lot more proud of what, where they live. You're definitely one of those door-to-door -door candidates. Uh, mm -hmm. You're out there in the neighborhoods. You're with the community development people. You're doing the, um, the meet and greets that they do yeah. out you know, as part of your job as a council person. What's going on in the neighborhoods? What are you seeing? Yeah, we are everywhere. I, I am out in as many places as I possibly can be to get that feedback because the feedback really is what's going to guide me when I step into office, fingers crossed, you know. Um, a, a lot of the feedback has been honestly fairly positive. It's the caveats there. It's like, I, you know, I really like the bike lanes, but we wish that they had been done in a more conscious way. That's all of the, what I'm hearing is there's these small little things that we can easily work on to make everyone feel a little bit more excited. Um, crime's been a big point of conversation. They want a leader that's going to really work hand in hand with our local, local law enforcement agencies. Thankfully, I have a phenomenal relationship with Chief Mindshine already. We've already talked through ways that we can implement some uh, programs to really help with public safety, really help uh, make sure that the youth are taken care of. And it's really going to be a multifaceted approach to making sure that we can tackle that. Um, and then aside from that, it's making sure that we prioritize the right infrastructure projects. A lot of residents want to make sure that their neighborhoods are being taken care of. Um, I think we've done a great job of feeding the heart of Salisbury. That was Jake's whole pitch is, you know, we feed the heart and the rest flourishes. And I think we have it in a really great spot. So now it's time to take care of the rest of the body of the city. Um, and, and so residents are really keen to see what we can do to help their neighborhoods as well. And I'm really looking forward to kind of feeding that out now that we've really gotten downtown in a good spot. Because it's time for the rest of the city to, to, enjoy, to enjoy the same level of attention that downtown's received for the last 10 years. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, traffic signal situation at Camden and Middle Boulevard, um, it, it was just like a, a textbook example of how to do everything wrong. Um, and you got very involved in that because it's part of your district. Now there's a stop sign there. It works beautifully. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> and honestly, that is a perfect example of what happens when the community gets involved. Right. Because they were very vocal that they didn't like how we had originally structured it. And to be frank, it wasn't working. But the four-way stop has been phenomenal. And that really comes hand in hand with the community feedback. And the amount of people who go, thank you. This is working way better than, I, than any other setup that you had initially, it's fantastic. I drive up and down there every day myself and it's great. Um, but, but those are the types of examples I like to point to of, look, when the community gets involved, we can find the perfect solutions. That's where the, the good solutions lie. So I spend a lot of time trying to explain to people what's going on with the surplus properties downtown mm -hmm. and how the, the town sells them that 
the town's not in business to own property. It's, you know, businesses, uh, developers are supposed to develop these properties. Help me understand, help the public understand what's going on with this stuff. So, oh boy, where to start? Which project do you want to focus on? Lot one, uh, the town center. Yeah, town center apartments to me is a really exciting project. So I know there's been a lot of, that's been a big point of discussion uh, in the community here lately. So that project is going to be developed for the town center apartments. Uh, that's going to be a phenomenal uh, project for housing downtown. Um, we're in a spot where we're in the middle of a housing crisis across the nation. Um, and Salisbury hasn't had any comprehensive housing developed in the what? 15 years, um, and we're seeing a real big need for housing across the spectrum. We're not just talking about affordable housing, which we absolutely need, but we're talking about every other housing in between. Housing for single mothers, housing for the young professional, housing for the doctors that go to Title Health. We need that here in the city, and we have not built it up enough. Um, I was just at an event yesterday, actually, where a new residency student said that the, he had moved into the area, and it was actually a big struggle for him to find housing, uh, just because there's just not enough here on the market. Um, so that uh, project is going to be crucial for helping us kind of tackle a lot of that. And then in the process that we'll be attaching on a parking garage to that, um, that apartment complex. Yeah, and I'm old enough to remember when that was developed and then the city took it over, tore down a lot of those buildings that were there, made it into a parking lot mm -hmm. to compete with the Salisbury Mall. Mm -hmm. So we'd have some sort of retail competition, but that's not needed anymore. The whole idea of just driving up and parking somewhere and walking into the, in the downtown it doesn't have to be that way. Well, then we talk about competition with the Salisbury Mall, and we see the direction the Salisbury Mall's going. Exactly. With ample amount of parking. Right. Um, and I think we can go hand in hand and say, yes, uh, we need parking, but parking's not the only reason that people go to an area. Um, so we really need to make sure that there are shops and there's businesses and there's livability in these communities for people to want to come to. Um, you know, you look at areas across the nation, Annapolis is a perfect one. Um, people go there for the shops and the living that are there, not for the parking. Um, that to me is something that we need to really prioritize. Is there too much focus on downtown if we ignore the neighborhoods at the, at the, the neighborhoods at the expense to make downtown better? I think that it's time that we pull our attention to the neighborhoods. Um, like I said, we've done a great job with downtown and I still want to keep giving it the love that it deserves, but we have so many other areas throughout Salisbury that I think desperately need our attention. Um, and you know, I think they've waited for, and it's their time to make sure that they have the, the projects that we've been saying that are going to come to some of these neighborhoods. We need to prioritize them. I've been really impressed with the Newtown, uh, the, the Newton Street uh, Community Center and Truett Street. Yeah. Am I right to be impressed by that? Absolutely. I'm immensely proud of those community centers. Uh, Newton is in my district, and I love to tout that one. I actually use it for a lot of opportunities to connect with constituents. Uh, one of the most exciting things, I think, coming to those uh, community centers are something that we just passed at the City Hall, which is we're going to be receiving an entire STEM lab from the Cal Ripken, Ripken Foundation, uh, thank, thanks to the Boys and Girls Club who identified this opportunity. And it's a $30,000 STEM lab that the, the students and the youth in this community are now going to have access to at both Newton and Truett Street. That is fantastic because that's not something that we would have been able to provide them. So this is an, an education opportunity that we can now bring to the community center. The mayor makes the budget with the city administrator mm -hmm. and last spring it was a really difficult budget. Uh, tax increase, council really went through a, just a brutal exercise on the budget. If you become mayor, what do you think you're going to want to do with the budget? So yeah, this past cycle, I was a really big advocate for some of the things that, uh, concerns that I was seeing with the budget. Um, that 15% property tax increase was a big concern for me. Um, and you know, I think we need to make sure that when we are taking a look at these budgets that we are not heavily relying on our residents to fund 
a lot of our work. Um, right now, our residents just aren't in a spot to be able to handle a 15% property tax increase, um, especially when the average resident, you know, 45% of our Salisbury residents uh, live paycheck to paycheck. They're that Alice ha household threshold. Um, so we need to really keep that in mind, not to mention the senior citizens who are on fixed incomes. So uh, my hope is to really dive in there and find ways to um, still prioritize the infrastructure projects that we need to get done, because there's a lot of outdated infrastructure going on uh, at the city that needs some attention, so needs some TLC, um, but without us turning to the residents to, to fund. And these are residents who year after year have seen increases in some form or another, whether that be through uh, the water or through property tax. And you know, we need to find other avenues, uh, whether that be identifying new revenue stream opportunities or just reprioritizing some of our projects. Yeah, I think everyone, if you're in the know, you should know you're going to get a, a sewer and water increase because of the huge expenses from dating back 25 years with the water and sewer yes. plant. So that's, that's going to be inevitable in some form. It will be. Well, not to mention a lot of the, when it comes to water and sewer, a lot of that's state mandated. Sure. Um, and very strict. We're, ve we're required to use very specific chemicals to make sure that our water is safe and drinkable and um, that comes with a big cost, a big price tag attached to it. And just this past year alone, we saw a 34% increase just on the chemicals for that. Um, and again, a state mandated requirement that we have to meet this certain criteria and we're seeing those increased costs. So something to consider and be mindful of. But there are other ways where we can work within, you know, what what has to happen? What are what are we going to be mandated to stick to? What has to happen for us to provide good services to our residents without, you know, raising rates in certain areas. That's what I would really like to see. And I, and I don't want to do a hypothetical, but can mm -hmm. you imagine uh, a, a scenario where you are the mayor and you would have to raise taxes in your first term? I'll know when I dive into that budget. I It's going to be doing everything with my power to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, but I know what's coming up here with the economy. I know we're going to be in a tight situation. Um, and, you know, we really need to make sure that my biggest priority is just making sure that our residents are taken care of. So making sure that those services are being funded, the infrastructure is being funded, that's going to be my key because to me that's more important than anything else. Okay, exit question. Uh, four mm -hmm. years from now when you're back running for re-election as mayor, what is my hometown going to look like? Ooh. It's going to be thriving. And like I mentioned, we have done a great job. This city has been seeing so much progress in the last 10 years, and it's been really exciting. But we're going to be seeing a city that is thriving on so many levels. We're going to be seeing new industry coming into this area, uh, workforce de development opportunities for all of our residents. Um, we're going to be seeing housing across the spectrum for our residents. That to me is something that I will be seeing in the next, uh, you'll be seeing in the next four years. Um, we're going to have a Salisbury that is a home for every single resident proudly. You know, I want this to be a place where anyone wants to come and raise a family and can. How can people get a hold of Megan Alton if they want to ask her questions? Oh, you can reach me at my cell, uh, 443-523-2447. I'm very accessible. It's also on the city website anyway. Right. Uh, and then if you're interested in knowing more about me, you can meet, reach me at my website as well, which is uh, www.meganalton.com. She's Megan Alton. She's running for Mayor of Salisbury, and we're thrilled she had time to be with us here today. Megan, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. I'm Greg Bazza from the Salisbury Independent Newspaper, another edition of 101, right here on PAC 14.
First Shore Federal is proud to support PAC-14 and one-on-one. We'd encourage every business to support PAC-14 and, and pick a program and support it and let's make a difference.